Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. KIP, for short, brings you an exclusive look at the nature of humanity as we interface with culture and society in and out of our relationship with God. It explores the unique and contrasting position of having a biblical worldview versus a secular or societal worldview. I will explore these topics using the powerful and dynamic tools of the didactic narrative, teaching a relevant truth through storytelling, biblical exposition, teaching Bible principles, and of course, real talk. My background scans a diversity of over 35 years of work in education, government, law, ministry, business development, and consulting, respectively. Each guest speaker will bring a variety of wisdom and insight to life topics and situations that we encounter on a daily basis. So all I need you to do now as listeners is to sit back and enjoy the podcast, spread the word about KIPP, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I will be your host, Derek L. Calhoun. That's hashtag KIP, hashtag KIP. Help me to make KIP your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. Welcome, Kingdom Influencing Nation. I appreciate you guys. Welcome back for another episode. This is episode number 32. Can you believe it? We're starting episode number 32. I remember when we were on episode number one way back in January of this year. But uh, you all have been uh, doing a great job. We're close to uh, reaching uh, nations all over the world and states all over the United States. And I just want you to keep sharing. Uh, I hope you accepted my challenge last week to share with as many people as you can. But bottom line, if you're being blessed, I hope you take the time to bless someone else. I want to send special shout outs today to Makai N at the Florida Institute of Technology down in Melbourne. Thank you for being a member of the Kingdom Influencing Nation. And of course, Amanda and Will B at SCAD, the Savannah College of Art and Design. Love you guys. Appreciate all of you guys and all of your commentary uh, sharing with me about how this podcast is blessing your lives. All right. Listen. Uh, today's episode is the power of an apology. We've been in a power series, as you probably noticed, and I just want to jump right into it today. So let's talk about it. One thing that I've noticed over the past 20 years is that people don't like to use the words, I am sorry. As a matter of fact, this word, these words or this phrase is disappearing uh, in the human vernacular. People uh, spend more time trying to justify negative behavior than realizing that this behavior is injurious to someone in their sphere of influence. So they'd rather pretend that they didn't do anything or rather pretend that no one was hurt than to actually just simply say, I'm sorry. Here's what I want to say to you today. The words I'm sorry is not a sign of weakness, but a sign of strength. It's okay to confess making a mistake or an error, no matter how egregious that mistake or error may be. I'm sorry is the beginning of a natural form of healing, both for the party offended and for the offender. So both people get blessed when they say I'm sorry. 
in customer service for those of you who are in business if you provide a service and that service was not rendered in excellence it's better to apologize rather than justify the wrong at the risk of losing one not one but listen here several customers to a scathing google review that could have been avoided by the simple words i'm sorry or i apologize a matter of fact if you're perpetuating excellence we say things like thank you for bringing this to our attention we strive for excellence and we will address that situation that's what we want to do that's what we want to do at the end of the day we are not in the business of running customers away because of our perceived weakness being connected to an apology sometimes people are just contentious and arrogant and cannot see themselves as the problem and that ought to be addressed during the onboarding period you know when you're getting these employees on board and they're becoming a part of your culture and becoming a part of your customer relations base uh, we have to train them properly so onboarding for any cu customer or consumer-based employment and or watch this volunteerism always should include a model on customer care or consumer satisfaction always in business consumer satisfaction is our end goal think about it no customers no business no consumers no business we need customers and we need consumers and so then customer satisfaction ought to be our number one goal when i lived in new england there was a successful famous family-owned grocery chain called Stu leonard's and i know some of you out there in new england and the new york area you know exactly what i'm talking about now in my opinion you could get much of their product offerings cheaper in other reputable grocery chains however they built their reputation around whimsical and interactive media presentations and children's nostalgia position like literally over colorful, brightly lit planograms, you know, where they keep all of the grocery displays, planograms. These thematic displays kept your mind occupied while you purchased items that were clearly overpriced, but you were not just paying for the groceries, you were paying for the experience, literally. You paid for the experience. My kids and my wife loved the experience. So did guests that came in from out of town. So price became secondary to the experience. And that's a, that's a, a, a business move when you can cause the price to be secondary to the experience. And those of you who have interactive, interfacing businesses, you might consider that as a tactic or a strategy for growing your business. At any rate, people work hard and encounter verbal, mental, and emotional stress all day long on a daily basis. People are being battered emotionally, people verbally, uh, mentally. So Stu Linus was a change of pace. It was an add value proposition. In other words, when they went there, they were in another world. It's almost like going to Disney for the grocery store. Matter of fact, I could call Stu Linus the Disney of grocery stores. There was an, always an attention to details and design and interactivity between the consumers, the bakers, the butchers, and the staff. And you can see the butchers cutting the meat 
with different styles of cutting and they would come out and talk with you and interact with you and same thing with the bakers you could see things being freshly baked so when you went in that baker section you could smell the bakery uh, uh, goods being the baked goods being made and everything so it was it was an experience and the staff for the most part was always pleasant but here was the clincher if you brought any product in the store and I mean any product in the store, you could return it for your money or you could get a new item or you could get a fresh item like uh, the one you purchased. I mean, it was crazy. No questions asked. They just either return your money, give you a new item or they would make sure that you got the same item that you purchased nice and fresh, even if you ate half of it. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. They essentially held fast to a store model. And it was two simple rules that built the foundation for the culture of this store. So here's the model, the, the, the model. The customer is always right. Now this is consistent at every stool in its, uh, on the East Coast. But here's the basic principle retail gets the stew Leonard treatment. Watch this. Outside of each store sits a three ton granite rock etched with the saying, rule number one, the customer is always right. And rule number two, if the customer is ever wrong, reread rule number one. Now, this was the policy enforced by the managers and the, the staff at Stu Leonard's. So the customer was always right. Essentially, the attitude of the organization, the culture of the organization had built in apologies. It was just built into the culture that we would we made the mistake. We're going to fix it. We're going to do better. We want you to come back and purchase our products. So changing gears a little bit, the church, the church is a sole embodiment of Jesus Christ in the earth. And our goal is not to run people away from the faith, but to run people to our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. We cannot do this, guys, with a nasty disposition or a pompous mindset built on the necessity to be right all the time. Instead, we need to embrace the power of an apology. Let me say this. Learn to say I'm sorry. This is a three-word phrase that heals fractured relationships, broken hearts, uh, contorted situations. It heals it cultivates restoration. It opens doors of the heart to forgiveness. I'm sorry is an expression and extension of the love of Jesus Christ. It's the culture of the church. Practice it in the marketplace. Practice it at home. Practice it in the community at large. It will change your perspective about life. And it will change the way that people look at you. Practice it. Practice the power of apology. The power of apology demonstrates the love that you have for the will of God being fulfilled in your life rather than just upholding to a standard of injury and negative personal behavioral patterns because it makes you feel good. Okay? This is not about us. This is about God. This is about the people that God wants to draw into the kingdom. These patterns are detrimental to our testimony and all the people around us that could be drawn to the faith if we were not so fixated on appearing right or perfect in the sight of other people. So being perfect is not what Christianity is about. We're imperfect people who serve a perfect God. So then saying I'm sorry demonstrates our imperfection, but it also demonstrates 
that Christ died for our sins. And so then we can acknowledge our own faults and allow people to see the other side of us, the imperfect side, and then allow them to see the grace that's on our lives to say, I'm sorry, and to make the relationship right. So we're here in the earth to please God. In doing this, we can learn to honor God by fulfilling two actions in our faith and daily lifestyle and deportment. Just two actions that I want you to insert into your daily lifestyle and your personal deportment. I'm going to read it from Matthew 12, 30 through 31 out of the New International Version. Uh, very simply, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. Remember, you do not need to be right. You just need to glorify God by proving that he is right in all things that pertain to life and godliness. So here's my point as we close the day. From this day forward, whenever you mess up, take ownership of your mistakes and simply do one thing, apologize, say, I am sorry. If it's with your family, if it's in the church, if it's in the community, if it's in the marketplace, do not be afraid to take ownership of error or mistakes. It shows your humility. And here's my word that I live by, and I've always used this phrase, humility is the platform for exaltation. If you want to be blessed in life, if you want to go further than you think you can go, then operate your life in a manner that's consistent with humility and experience the power of apology every day of your life. Listen, you have been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun. I hope to see you again. I hope to that you're listening again on next week, right here, same time, same place. The podcast is dropped every week on demand for your listening experience. Be a part of the Kingdom Influencing Nation. Hashtag Kip. Repost this. Let other people be blessed by it. Have an outstanding week. Later.